allá en el rancho grande, allá donde vivía. Había una rancherita que alegre me decía, que alegre me decía. Te voy a hacer tus calzones como los que usa el ranchero. Howdy there, I'm Matt McKinley and we're burning daylight. Good morning, burning daylight listeners. How is everybody doing? I uh, I could not be doing any better if I was John Wayne himself. I um, it was just fucking excellent this morning. I I've, I've been teasing it for a while, and I'm still gonna keep teasing it that uh, that some big things are potentially happening, and they're still in the potentially stage. But some people that I've reached out to huge followings and uh, and just pretty influential folks have uh, they have got back to me and agreed to check out the show so hopefully hopefully they like it and as uh, soon as I as soon as I hear anything kind of for sure um, I will let you know but I, I don't want I don't want to I don't want to let anything out of the bag before before it happens, but shit could potentially get very real. I, I have a feeling that we are we have just stepped on pretty snorty horse that uh, but that has a ton of potential. So buckle up, folks. Uh, thank you all for for your continued feedback support the the numbers are growing and uh, that's all because of me folks so keep sharing keep recommending all that good stuff and uh, I got some requests to talk about cows today uh, and go a little more into the to the weeds with those on different breeds and whatnot so I'm gonna try that and uh, Shout out to my, my nephew Shiloh and uh, and his wife Frankie and Ormiston Ranch and Turner Cattle. Uh, Shiloh and Frankie are in the process of starting their own cow herd. And uh, Shiloh asked me to talk about my favorite breeds of cows and horses and uh, kind of the pros and cons of each. So let's uh, let's get punchy today. Okay, so when we're talking cows, there is 350 million different ways you could go with it. That's that's a rough estimate, so don't quote me. But you have different types of outfits, whether it be uh, a commercial cow-calf operation where you're just uh, your sole purpose or your sole goal of uh, 
the calf that you raise is to sell them to be sold as a uh, as a meat animal. That animal will not be put back in to uh, to reproduce. So you have your commercial cow calf. You have your uh, your seed stock type outfit where your your sole goal with uh, with your animal is to uh, sell them to be used as reproductive animals. So whether mama cow or bull or whatever. So like your commercial cow calf operation, they are going to uh, they're going to castrate all their calves either when they're born or when they brand them. And, uh, and that way they're going to sell as a uh, they're going to sell their calves as steers. And uh, the only only thing a steer is good for is meat. Because he got in no huevos, he got in no babies. So they uh, off they go to to eat, get fat, and then get put on a, somebody's plate. And uh, and then you have like your your stalker operations where you're gonna buy some weaned calves and you're gonna put them out on grass or wheat pasture or corn stalks or whatever whatever your feed source is and you're just gonna try to put some pounds on them in a short amount of time and then resell them or feed them out uh, for slaughter so you got those and there's not really any any uh, registered seed stock I mean uh, stalker operations because uh, most of your your stalker cattle are going to be steers so <laughs> there's not much there's not much seed being stocked there and then yeah you've, you've got then you've got combinations of both where you've got seed stock and commercial operations on the same outfit and you got uh, and you've got seed stock and commercial, you got commercial and and stocker, you know, you got a little bit of everything. So you without going into all those, I'm just gonna tell you what I'm looking for in a commercial cow calf herd. So I'm I'm raising a calf to sell as a meat animal, not not trying to sell any bulls, I'm not trying to sell any replacement heifers, I'm just looking to have a big fat healthy calf to sell that somebody is gonna enjoy as a steak later. So that being said, I am going to be looking for growth on the calf. So I'm going to be looking at their weaning weights. I'm going to be looking at the maternal ability of the, of the mama. So I'm going to be looking at the amount of milk, uh, their temperament, and everything. So the temperament, you kind of want to play a fine line on the aggressiveness. You want them to be a good mama, so they're going to whoop off a coyote or something if that <coughs> calf isn't doing very well. You want them to be a good protective mama, but you don't want them to be absolutely mean because she's probably going to eat your shit later and uh, and you're going to end up selling her. So there's a fine line to play there. Also, you want to look at marketability of of your animal. So you're uh, you're gonna be wanting to look at at certain breeds depending on what like what kind of premium 
their their beef is going to bring at market. So that being said, you're going to the first place you're going to look there, <coughs> or probably the most popular place. I won't say it's the first place, but the most popular thing you're going to look at there is going to be like certified Angus beef. That'd be the most well-known, like what we'd call a branded beef program. Meaning there is a, a premium that is paid out based on uh, certain characteristics being met. So like certified Angus beef means they have to be 51% hide color black and their quality grade on the you know the USDA quality grade has to be at least the upper two-thirds of choice. So anything that's gonna grade as select or standard is not gonna make the certified Angus beef requirements. A straight Charlet steer or a straight Hereford steer is not gonna make the certified Angus beef requirements. But you could have a 100% Holstein steer that just happens to be black and not look all that Holsteinish, and he will make certified Angus beef if he grades well enough. So it's uh, there's really not the only thing Angus about it anymore is uh, that it was developed by the the Angus Association. So. But it, it was the first uh, branded beef program out there, and it was the first time that your uh, your average producer had a an incentive to uh, like a real monetary monetary incentive to uh, to have a black animal. A lot of people before had Angus cattle just because they liked how the meat quality was but when you went to when you went to the store there was zero distinction between a a choice steak from from an angus steer as there was a choice steak from a bramer steer uh there there was no dis distinction it just had the quality grade of choice and that's it so, therefore, the price was the same. Well, now, certified Angus beef goes, well, yeah, that's a choice steak over there, but this right here is a choice steak come from an Angus steer. And, uh, and Angus is most popularly known as being black-haired black cattle. So, uh, if we're going to go by social justice standards, I cannot be a racist because I love black cattle they bring some money anyhow the, the Angus Association did a very good job of marketing uh, certified Angus beef and because of that where a producer had an incentive to, to raise a black hided calf uh, black cattle took over the US beef uh, industry. I mean, just absolutely took over. There. So to to give you a little perspective, uh, Hereford used to be like far and away the most popular breed within uh, in the the region I grew up. Uh, back in like the 30s and 40s and 50s, even 
if you went in the southeast corner of Colorado, the Oklahoma Panhandle, you know, the northeast corner of uh, New Mexico, and then the, the Texas Panhandle, every, just about every cow-calf uh, operation was going to be running Hereford cows. And a Hereford is a red and white cow. They, they've got a white or a bald face. And not literally bald, we just call it a bald face, meaning it's white. And uh, they're, the majority of their bodies are gonna be red, except for some, they're probably gonna have white legs, they're gonna have a, a strip of white down their neck, and then probably some white on their tail and, then, and their belly as well. So, <clears throat> that's a Hereford, in the, the most traditional sense. But, there is now a, there are now registered black Herefords, and that came solely because of the marketing done by the Angus people. And, and which is also funny because they're uh, genetically, there is no difference between a black Angus and a red Angus, except for one recessive gene. Other than that, <clears throat> There is no difference in uh, genetic difference between a, a a red Angus and a black Angus. But during this marketing deal, uh, the Angus Association, the American Angus Association, uh, kind of pushed out the red Angus guys. They uh, they viewed the the blacks as being uh, being superior. Once again. Cattlemen can't be racist, at least not Angus cattlemen, because they, they view the, there's no white supremacy there, it's, it's really black superiority. So, they, they viewed the, the black Angus to be a superior breed, and uh, even though there's, there's no difference, but they, they were just kind of, uh, they, were, they were the red sheep of the family, I guess you could say. So, uh, and then, so they pushed out the Red Angus guys. The Red Angus ended up starting their own breed association and have done very well with the genetics there. Uh, but because, because they did that and then they come out with this branded beef program and it gave ranchers an incentive to raise black cattle. So a lot of them did and that just transformed the entire market. And now you have a registered black Hereford and so hide color plays a huge factor in the market marketability of uh, of your beef animals so that's something you want to take into consideration as well so that all being said my favorite breed would be a black baldy like a first generation black baldy cow is my favorite of all time cow Black Baldy, in the traditional sense, is you take either a Hereford bull and an Angus cow, or a Angus bull and a Hereford cow, and that baby is going to come out looking like a Hereford with black instead of red, or they're going to look like an Angus with a bald face. And uh, th that is my favorite breed of cow to run, as a mama cow. You, you get the 
the great maternal instincts of the Hereford, and you uh, you do away with uh, with some of the disadvantages of the Hereford, such as uh, the pink eye and cancer eye issues, and uh, some of the prolapse issues. But where the Herefords are a very docile type of animal, uh, they make but they make a very good mother. They're very protective without being aggressive towards you. And, and they're just generally pretty easy to handle. So you get the maternal qualities of the, the Hereford, and you get the, the better meat quality of the Angus. Not that the Hereford doesn't have great meat quality as it is, they do, but the, the Angus is known for, for having great meat quality. That's, that's what they were bred for. So uh, that would be my ideal cow, and I would, I would probably put an Angus bull on them, or if I'm looking for more of a terminal cross where I'm just, I'm not looking to keep any, uh, any or very many replacement heifers back, I would use like a Simital or a Gilby type bull, so you get a little more growth while, while maintaining uh, the meat quality of the Angus. So that, that would be my ideal, if, like I said, if I'm, if I am strictly uh, going with a commercial outfit, I am going to I'm going to be uh, running something like that, or even a Charlet bull. Charlet, you're going to get a huge amount of growth. You're going to be able to market them as a black-hided animal, even though they're, the hair color is going to be like a smoky gray. Some of them will be black. Uh, or uh, like black baldy types, but you're gonna have like a bald face cap with a smoky gray colored uh, body if you run a Charlet. And they're, they're gonna grow really fast. They're gonna have a good meat quality. And they're probably gonna be on the stupid side because Charlet cattle are fucking stupid uh, and a little crazy at times. So there's a, one of the cons for them. Also, the, one of the drawbacks of breeding them to a, a Charlet bull is Charlets are huge, absolutely huge, and uh, so therefore they're they're not going to be ideal to uh, to put on a first calf heifer because the calf is going to be big and that. And a heifer who is, you know, they've never had a baby before. They don't know what the hell's going on. Uh, they, they're more likely to have trouble uh, throwing that calf and getting him up and healthy and, and sucking milk like you need him to do if, uh, if the heifer has trouble spitting him out. So you want to you wanna pick your bulls accordingly to that. But... At the end of the day, you're going to have a really nice calf to to market as a as a feeder because you're going to get good meat quality and you're going to get some pretty explosive growth off of those type of cattle. And uh, but now, if I was looking to keep some some heifers back as replacements. I would run uh, an Angus bull or maybe a Hereford bull, and uh, and that way you're going to get more of them black baldy type cows 
Ah, so good mama that's gonna raise a big healthy calf. Is is what you're that's really what you're looking for uh on a in in a mama cow. You want something that's not gonna kill you, something that's not gonna kill their baby, and it's not gonna let something else kill their baby. And and when it's all said and done, that baby's gonna be big, fat, and healthy. That's that's what you're that's what you're looking for. So when I'm looking to uh, keep some of my replacement heifers to breed back, I'm gonna probably I'm probably gonna select those that come from uh, you know either my Hereford or my Angus bull, just uh, another another black baldy type cow, which is like I said, that's my favorite. That's just me, and I know there's a lot of people who kind of like me, but that's that's just me. So, uh, that that's what I do, and then from there you can get into the weeds on the on the uh, EPDs of of the bulls you buy, which uh, EPD means uh, I think it's expected progeny uh, differential or difference, something along those lines. But anyway, it. It's uh, basically a chart of what their genetic genetic makeup is, and so they'll they'll highlight certain genetic qualities, like uh, the weaning weight or the birth weight or the yearling weight of of what their their offspring are, uh, and or the the amount of milk, uh, feed efficiency, how 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 many pounds of of flesh do they put on for every pound of feed they eat and so I mean it just goes on and on and on so you have to decide what is important to you and then you have to select your animals based on that so uh, so not only do you have to decide what breed you're gonna you're gonna run you're gonna have to decide uh, within that breed what type of animals do you want? What do you want? Big milkers with uh, with a moderate sized calf, or do you want uh, you want moderate amount of milk with uh, a fast growing calf? Uh, do you do you want you want your bull to throw a little bitty calf because you're breeding them to heifers, or uh, you know there's just there's any number of things. So you've got to decide what is what is right for you and what what you uh what you expect your your herd to do so the long and short of that whole spiel is i don't know <laughs> you're gonna have to decide for yourself and one of the best places to start is to look at what your neighbors are doing especially those that have been in business a long time so you got uh, you got a family that's had the same ranch in their name for a hundred years, and they're still doing really well. Uh, still got a big herd size, and their cat their cattle look good. <coughs> you might want to go talk to the old boy or gal and see uh, see what they're doing. They might not give you all their secrets, but most of the the cattle folks I know, uh, they're they're plenty willing to visit and. Uh, and especially if they got a, an operation like that that's been around for generations and it's well known, they're gonna wanna talk to you about it because they're proud of it and they should be. So uh, go ask your neighbors, especially ones that, that, are, that are doing well. 
and that'll give you a better idea of what you should do for your situation and uh, as far as uh, my nephew Shiloh him and his wife have some Angus cows that are bred to Charlotte bulls and uh, I was I was telling Shiloh last night I think you're gonna really like them because for me as a a guy who's been in the feedlot a bunch I love an Angus Charlotte cross I love to feed them because they they don't take very many days on feed they grow faster than a weed and and uh, just kind of depending on on where they come from and you know that kind of deal uh, it, it's, it's a variable but for the most part they they don't have a whole lot of health issues and uh, so they're, they're just easy to deal with. You get them started, lined out, <clears throat> get them eating, eating like you want them to, and they grow like weed. They do the rest itself, and then you still get some good meat quality on it. And being that it's an Angus and a Charlotte Cross, it's going to be smoky gray colored, probably with black hides, so you still be able to, to, to get a premium on them. And you're going to have a bigger calf than you would tip than your just typical straight Angus, and probably than your straight uh, Charlet as well. That's uh, you know those those gray calves they get big. So Shiloh, I think you're I think you're on the right track. Uh, I would be very selective if you do keep any of your your heifers back, uh, just because I'm not a I'm personally not a huge fan of Charlet cows. I think they're kind of goofy and crazy and not particularly all that good of moms. Then the same could be said about about Angus too. So um, I, I would be I'd be very selective on on your replacements. But I think uh, everything you take to market's going to do well. And I think uh, I don't think you'll have any problem getting them sold for. For, you know fair market price and uh, but that's a whole nother topic on on market price uh, you better hope the better hope they're they're pretty high when you sell because uh, if they're not there ain't much you can do about it so I think that's where I'm gonna end on the cow talk uh, I've got a couple other things I want to talk about but I'll have to wait to get out of the wind here the wind kicked up and it's gonna be hard to hear me so I'm going to sign off for a few minutes. Today's show is brought to you, once again, by the D-Bags. Don't be a gunsel. And um, I've had a few comments on what a gunsel is. And uh, typically a gunsel is kind of kind of described as somebody who looks like a cowboy, dresses like a cowboy, but overall don't know what the fuck they're doing, and uh, and they're pretty prevalent anywhere you go, and some people have different names for them depending on what line of work you're in, but for us in the cowboy world, we call them a gunsel, but anyway, Don't Be a Gunsel is it's a website started to, uh, started with the working cowboy with who has a sense of humor in mind and they also have line of merch that you can buy uh they got some hats and some stickers and a coffee mug 
Uh, you can find them at Don't Be a Gunsel on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, if you go buy any of their merch, make sure you use the promo code Burning Daylight and get 10% off. It'll help them out, that'll help me out, and you get some cool shit for a little bit cheaper. And their prices are already pretty cheap, so go, I'll go check them out, support them, and uh, use the Burning, uh, burning Daylight promo code B U R N I N. D-A-Y-L-I-G-H-T. I, uh, I spelled the daylight wrong yesterday because uh, I'm a fucking hand, that's why. But anyway, go check them out. Don't be a gunsel. I read an article this morning that I think you guys are really going to enjoy. And the headline is this horns are growing on young people's skulls phone use is to blame research suggests yep that is a headline from the Washington Post that is not the onion it's not the Babylon Bee it's Washington Post so take that with a grain of salt Probably a shot of penicillin, uh, a little bit of banamine in your coffee. Seeing it's the Washington Post. But, that being said, this is an actual study from the University of the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, Australia. So, there's an actual research paper from an Australian university that found that kids were growing horns out of their skull. And how, you may ask, it says, I'm back here, damn it. It says, new research in biomechanics suggests that young people are developing horn-like spikes at the back of their skulls. Bone spurs caused by the forward tilt of the head, which shifts weight from the spine to the muscles at the back of the head, causing bone growth in the connecting tissues Connecting tendons and ligaments. Okay. The weight transfer that causes the buildup can be compared to the way the skin thickens into a callus as a response to pressure or abrasion. So, basically you're building up bone calluses at the base of your skull causing a hook or a horn-like protrusion. And I cannot think of anything more awesome than that. I am going to make so much money off of this. <clears throat> but I do need one question answered for me. Got one question. Is it one horn or two? 
that we're talking about. Because if they're going to be a unicorn, I'll have to figure out how to market them that way. But if they're going to have two horns like an old Corianni steer, look out now. We're going to have us some people team roping. We'll get all those like washed up high school athletes that usually become the asshole cop. Flex his muscles around because he's got a badge. Get one of those guys and then we will put him on like a little mini dirt bike. Brace his head up and his neck so he can't get choked out or it doesn't break his neck. We'll let him out of the box and uh, off he goes on his little on his little motorcycle and uh, the ropers in behind trying to slick his horns we'll have to rig up a pair of legs that go behind his little mini hopper so your healer has something to rope but that shouldn't be too hard I think I think we're on to something here folks I need a I need a name for this association this this sport uh, human team roping doesn't doesn't have a very good ring to it as a name so yeah I'm gonna need a I'm gonna need a name for this league but I, I think we're on to something big here. Human team roping. Hey, uh, is your kid not quite good enough to be in the NFL? All right. No harm in that. We'll pay him to become the next big thing. America's got roping dummies. Well, the last segment I want to record today, uh, I got a request for it, and I had been thinking about it myself. And I was just trying to find a way to work it into the story. And this seemed like as good a day as any because we're already talking talking cows and, uh, and ranching. So, uh, the fella Zane sent me a message on Instagram and he was wanting to know if I'd talk a little bit about how Hollywood portrays ranch life in like shows like Yellowstone uh, and uh, The Ranch, you know, Yellowstone with Kevin Costner on, uh, what is that, the Paramount Channel, I think, some shit like that, and then uh, The Ranch with Ashton Kutcher and Sam Elliott on Netflix. There was, uh, uh, what's his name? Hyde from that 70s show was on, but apparently he got accused of uh, sexually assaulting somebody or something, but he got me too I don't know whether he's guilty or not, but anyway, so he got let go, but they're both shows that I really enjoy. Uh, the storylines behind them are pretty good, uh, but it, it is a complete and total... Hollywood portrayal and like caricature of what what ranch life is. I mean, whether it's Yellowstone where you've got the corruption and uh, power politics, as well as the riding for the brand and uh, and actually getting branded, you know, pulling pulling guys out of jail so they'll be forever in your debt. They, they take a brand to stay loyal to the Yellowstone. And then, uh, <laughs> which, yeah, that might be true back in the day. I don't know, but I, I, I 
want to say that's just uh, more of a romanticized deal because any cow hand I know that that's worth uh, that's worth a shit. He is gonna go where it pays the best and or they treat him the best. It's got to have one of those two things, and uh, if not both, for a decent cow hand to to go work at a place, I would imagine. And so this this riding for the brand deal, I, I really honestly don't know if it was ever a thing, but it doesn't seem like a it doesn't seem like a thing anymore. At least at least from my point of view, because if you can't if you can't pay me what I'm worth, I I I ain't loyal to you at all. So you, I mean, you can piss off. But I don't know, and I, I've never I've never heard of anybody getting branded uh, with the brand of an out, outfit that they worked for. I, I know of some people that, that got their own brand, but I've never heard of anybody getting branded by the outfit they worked for. Now, I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but I'm, yeah, I would almost guarantee you if it has, that person's a, just a dumb fuck. So, there's that. And the last thing I want to say about about that is can you at least go tour an actual working cow, cattle ranch before you try to uh, you know, you try to put it on the big screen. Before you try to uh, emulate it in a show like, say, for example, pulling a calf. Cow's having a hard time throwing a calf. What? That happens all the time, every calving season, on almost every ranch in the country. There's a few that that don't have any calving issues, but they, they select their cattle specifically for that. Older cows don't calve out heifers, and, you know... Uh, low birth weight bulls, that that sort of thing. So it, it does happen where there is no no calving issues. But even on them older cows, you're going to have some that come backwards. And maybe that old cow's too busy uh, trying to eat and she's just not pushing. And you only got a certain amount of time when they're coming backwards because when their hips come over their mama's pelvic bone, then that umbilical cord gets pinched off. And therefore, there's only a certain amount of time before that calf breathes in too much amniotic fluid in his lungs and drowns himself. So, if you see a calf with, uh, or a cow with two back legs hanging out, or even one back leg hanging out, you better get her to the chute and get that calf out on the ground before he drowns. So, go, go, go to her ranch and watch that. It happens. It's not, you know go intern at a ranch during cabin season you'll get you'll get to see plenty of it and uh get to know some breeds i mean god damn there there's one scene just that really sticks out to me and that is in the ranch when they they've got a breech calf and he walks into the barn which all well and good i know a lot of people that have their maternity pins in the in their barn 
and there stands like a I don't remember exactly what breed but I think it was like a Jersey which is a dairy breed and this is depicting a working cattle ranch in Colorado not a dairy farm a working cattle ranch and they've got a fucking Jersey cow with a halter on just standing there while they pull a calf I just standing there like an old broke horse tied to a hitching post never fucking happened so for for all the the work that's been on the storylines spend just a little bit of research time learning how a ranch works how how cattle how a cattle operation operates and uh and you'll get a lot more loyal following from uh, us folks out here in the part of the country that doesn't exist to hollywood or the the east coast so anyway that's all for me today uh thanks again so much for all your support and your feedback and your input uh keep sharing the show keep liking the page liking all the memes and shit uh if you know anybody with a big following that you think needs to hear me let them know start uh start blasting it out there let's uh let's make this thing big uh go follow me on twitter and instagram at mickermac85 at Burning Daylight on Instagram for the show page, uh, Burning Daylight on Facebook, and Matt McKinley for my personal page on Facebook. So uh, that's it for me for the week, I guess. And uh, I'm going to record on Sunday. I'll have it uploaded on Monday, and we'll just do, I'll have new shows Monday through Friday. But anyway, I got to get, I got shit to do, so move your ass. We're Burning Daylight. Ay, en el rancho grande, allá donde vivía. Había una rancherita que alegre me decía, que alegre me decía. Te voy a hacer tus calzones como los que usa el ranchero. De los comienzo de lana, de los acá. Su mamá le dice a Julia que te ha dicho ese señor, ay, 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 ay. Mamá no me dijo nada, mamá no me dijo nada, solo me habló de amor, ay, 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 ay. El gusto de los vaqueros es tener una muchacha para salir a la plaza. Que usa el ranchero de los comienzos.
todo se acabó de cuero. Los comí 